Thank you for listening to Embassy City Church's audio podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message and his word today. For more information on our church, please visit us at embassycity.com. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to the, uh, to, uh, the book of Ephesians, chapter number 5, verse number 18. Book of Ephesians, chapter number 5, verse number 18. Uh, there are some uh, points that we're going to get to uh, before that. Uh, but uh, this is going to be kind of our anchor scripture as we get into uh, what we believe that God has been talking to us about, which is the Holy Spirit. How many people were here last week for Holy Spirit 101? Okay. I have to introduce you to my friend. That's the title of the sermon, and we have to say it like that, or it doesn't count as the sermon. Okay. And so uh, that was Holy Spirit 101. Today is Holy Spirit 202, and the title of this message is... Are you ready for it? Uh, is it okay if my friend moves in with you? It's the title of the message. Is it, would it be okay if my friend moves in with you? I know it's kind of quick. Last week I just introduced you to him. <laughs> just seems like it's too fast. Hey, Tim, you're rushing me. I kind of am. You need him. Last week, I have to introduce you to my friend. He's amazing. Look at all this stuff. Oh, man, he's just a cool person. I love him so much. You need him in your life. Hey, is it okay if he moves in with you? moved in with me. Can he move in with you? So there's some things that I want to cover before we get into Ephesians chapter number 18, but that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, is it okay if my friend moves in with you? Bow your hands. Let's pray over the word, okay? Holy Spirit, move in. Amen. It's good stuff. There's some things that I want to make sure you have a context to and a calibration to before we go into this. When we talk about the infilling of the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, there is a misconception that when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you are automatically filled with the Spirit of God. This has caused confusion, and there is much theological angst, deliberation, and debate over when someone gives their life to Jesus Christ, are they already spirit-filled or must they receive the Holy Spirit? Scripture to me seems very clear that when someone gives their life to Jesus, it's because the Holy Spirit brought them to Jesus. But Scripture is also clear that Jesus has reserved the right to baptize people into the Holy Spirit. So these are two different things. And what I want to show you in Scripture is uh, the context that Jesus puts it in, in his own words first, and then give you some examples, in the, uh, an example, the main one, uh, in the book of Acts, so you can have full context. John chapter number 14, 17 says this. This is Jesus talking to his disciples, and let me set this up. Jesus has already sent his disciples out to perform miracles. They've already done miracles through the power of the Holy Spirit. They weren't doing it on their own. He gave them the Spirit to go out, and the Spirit, here's the key word, went with them. The Holy Spirit went with them and performed these miracles on their behalf. Here's what it says in John 14, 17. The Holy Spirit who leads into all truth, the world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. Here's the line. But you know him. You already know him 
You believe in me, you already know him because he lives with you now. You know him and he's with you and will later be in you. You know him. You've talked about him. You've seen his power. And he's with you right now. But he's not in you yet. I have not yet been glorified and I have not baptized you in the Holy Spirit. So I want you to show you, well, well that was in uh, the Gospels and after Pentecost, uh, my Pentecostals and Charismatics, ah, uh, 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 after Pentecost, Acts chapter number two, mm-mm, we have the Holy Spirit, it's available, I'm already swimming in it. I'm doing backstrokes in it. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Here's what it says in Acts chapter number 19. Uh, While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions. Now, let me just pause. This is the 19th chapter of Acts. Okay? Uh, Pentecost has already happened. Holy Spirit has already come on that original uh, set of people that were up in the upper room. They're coming out, they're declaring the gospel, they're starting to share it, and here we are 19 chapters deep into the New Testament, and Paul traveling through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast. He found several believers, underline that word if you're a nerd like me, because nerds rule the world. He found several believers. Here's what he asked them. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, wait a minute. If I receive Jesus, I should already have the Holy Spirit. Then why is he asking this question? Because he can be with you and not in you. He says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them, and there, was a, there, be, there would be a lot of churches, even in 2017, that would have this response. No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. <laughs> I've heard people grow up in church their whole life, and they were like, Who? We talk about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, blessed Trinity. But we don't ever talk about the Holy Spirit. We were told to stay away from that guy. Because everybody that gets with him, uh-uh, he's not moving in this house. Because I heard he tears stuff up. He does, just not what you think. Or not what's been portrayed. So he says, have you... They said, no, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then he said, what baptism did you experience? He asked, and they replied, the baptism of John. John's baptism was repentance from sins and to believe that the Messiah would come. Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin. I just said that. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They've received Jesus. They've been baptized into the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ. But it is Jesus that baptizes us into the Holy Spirit. They just do like this little dip like this. Bow. You get in this way. Bow. You're in the body. Now I'm going to dunk them this way. Bow. They're in the spirit. Okay? So that's how he does it. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. There are about 12 men in all. They believed in Jesus, but they were not spirit filled. And then Paul prayed for them. The Holy Spirit came on them came in them, they are filled. And that word on 
uh, can also mean in. So they were infilled, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and that's Jesus's assignment for believers. Okay? Here's what it says uh, in uh, Matthew, I'm sorry, John 14, 17. I'm going to read these in order. Then 15, 26, and then 16, 8. Okay? So chapter 14, verse 17, chapter 15, verse 26, and then chapter 16, verse Eight. Here's what it says, 14, 17. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth, okay? He's the one that baptizes us into the body. So when he leads us to the truth, the truth is a person, as we learned last week, and his name is Jesus. 26, I will, I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me, okay? That's 15, 26. Here's, here's uh, 16 and 8. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment, the Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ. That is his assignment. Now, let me give you scripture uh, for Jesus baptizing us into the Holy Spirit. Now, um, I'm only going to read one, but it is found in every single gospel. If you know anything about the first three gospels, they're called uh, synoptic gospels or similar gospels. John's gospel is different from Matthew, Mark, and Luke's because Matthew, Mark, and Luke only cover the last year of his earthly ministry. John covers his entire earthly ministry. All three Passovers can be found in the book of John. So when you look in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, what you have in Matthew and John are eyewitness accounts. These guys were there. Mark's gospel and Luke's gospel are accounts from those that were there. They were taken from people that were there. It's like an investigative journalist going out and going, hey, I heard you were there uh, when the riots happened. Could you tell me what happened? That's how they got their information, okay? But in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, from the two eyewitnesses and from two people that heard about it, they all said the same thing that John told everyone. Mark 8, 1, 8 is what I'm going to use. I baptize you with water, but he, talking about Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. That's in all four Gospels. You only need two witnesses for agreement, okay? Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word should be established. We have it four times. I think it's established. Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit, okay? So, I, I needed to give you that context and that reference so that you would have an understanding of what it is. Sometimes we talk about people receiving the Holy Spirit or we talk about the fact that people need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and sometimes there can be anxiety around that because people don't take the time to explain it. Scripture is very clear in the book of Proverbs. With all of your getting, get an understanding. If you can just explain it to me, I'll probably be all for it. But if you can't explain it, anybody like me? I just need an explanation for that. When I, go, when, I, when I go to the mall, I, do, I never take the free samples when I go to the mall. I just think it's weird. For some reason, it, paranoia on my part, I'm freaked out by it. Why is this free? <laughs> hey, you want to taste one of our nuggets? I don't, why is, don't, mm-mm. <laughs> Explain to me why this is free. Free stuff scares me a little bit when it's food. I'm not just putting stuff in my mouth because you, you're nice. <laughs> and it's on a little <laughs> stick pin. 
That's just, it's just weird to me. Well, when I got into church, and I don't mean I grew up in church, but when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, when people were talking about the Holy Spirit, they just kept trying to shove them on me. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, oh, okay. Why? You just do. <laughs> Flashback to food court and stick meat. It's not, <laughs> you basically just put the Holy Spirit on a toothpick, and I'm like, I don't, sir, why is this, why do I need this? And why are you so angry? For something that's supposed to help me, he sure made you mad. I don't want to receive the Holy Spirit if he comes with your face. Okay? So I want to explain this to you because, because everyone in this room, if you have not been spirit-filled, if you want to, today, my friend can move in. He can move in today. And we won't have to be here for three hours tarrying for it. You don't have to come down here and beg him and rock and be like, Come on, like the whole, like God the Father wants to give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. He's not going to be like, uh-uh, go longer, go longer. Almost there. There you go. Now you can have them. He's not going to do that. If you want to receive them, you can receive them today. He will move in today. All you have to do is give him permission and he'll move in. It's that simple. Some of you are, if you receive them, you get emotional because sometimes that's how you are. You know, you get something, you're like, <laughs> and you just get emotional. And other people are just not emotional. They receive it and they go, thank you. <laughs> you, you all received. Yeah. It's not, we're not looking for emotion. We're just looking for open hearts yeah. that want to receive. So uh, now that we've kind of laid the groundwork for that, let me explain what you've been looking at. Right over here. <laughs> I use this example every time I uh, explain the infilling of the Holy Spirit because it's the easiest way to explain it. But we had to have some thought go into this before we brought it out here. Because um, if this would have been sitting here with a glass near it, <laughs> if you're a visitor today, you'd have been like, wow. I see most speakers get up and they have a podium with some water. This guy has <laughs> a bottle of vodka. <laughs> Honey, let's go. <laughs> We've chosen the wrong church today. So we couldn't have a cup here because that would, that would just have implications that would be really bad. Ephesians 5.18, okay? I'll read that verse, and it'll be self-explanatory where I'm going with this, okay? Uh, don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. There's nothing else to say about that, okay? Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why would Paul, of all analogies you could make on the infilling of the Holy Spirit, it's getting bent off some wine? That's going to be your comparative analysis to God the Holy Spirit. Bottle of wine, don't drink the whole thing, that'll ruin your life. And for all these, you, you all, you technical people out there, well, he said wine, he didn't say. <laughs> he didn't say crown, I guess I'm safe. 
Don't be that person, okay? Don't be that loophole person. I'm, I'm going to find a way out of this. I got a 40 ounce at home. I'm going to find a way to drink. He said wine. He said nothing about Schlitz malt liquor. He didn't say anything about my tall can of Miller Lite. Stop yourself, okay? Don't be, don't be the lawyer, okay? So he says don't, 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 be, don't be drunk off any fermented or alcoholic beverage. Then he says, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, though. Like, you don't have to do it that way. You can actually do it this way. Well, let me, let me give you the definition for this word filled, okay? Uh, it's a verb used with an object. We are the objects. He's the one that fills us, okay? I'm going to read all eight of them because the last one, the crescendos, and it's awesome, okay? Uh, to make full, put as much as can be held. To occupy to full capacity. To supply with an extreme degree or plentifully. To satisfy fully the hunger of, to satiate. Is all this sounding good? When we get filled, this is all the stuff that happens by definition. To put into a receptacle, that's us. To be plentiful throughout. We want the Holy Spirit to be plentiful throughout. To extend throughout, to pervade completely. Here's the one I love. To furnish with an occupant. Is it okay if my friend moves in with you? Is it okay if my friend moves in with you? The Holy Spirit wants to move in and occupy. He wants to literally move in and go, hey, you've tried living your life the way you want it to for a long time, and you're terrible at it. So can I move in? And can I kind of run things around here? Uh, because... Uh, if you get full of me, I can, I can handle the rest of all that stuff that you haven't been able to handle. I can give you God's mind on things that you've been losing your mind over. Can, can, he, can, I, can, I, can I move in? So he says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the reason why I use a vodka bottle. It's so simple. There, there's, there's no person in this room. Okay? Don't, be, don't start thinking back to your glory days before you got saved. <laughs> I can handle that whole thing. You never saw me in college. I don't want to see you in college. But here's what I can tell you. There's no person that can drink, be filled with the contents of this bottle and stay the same person. If you were to drink and become filled with the spirit that's in this bottle, drive by a liquor store, beer, wine, spirits. This is a spirit. Okay. If you were to get filled with this spirit, you would not stay the same person. You would change. Even if you didn't want to. <laughs> Even if you tried your best to concentrate. This would change you. And it would make really quiet people in here loud. 
It would make really loud people louder. <laughs> if you got filled with the contents of this bottle, three things would happen. It would change the way you walk. It would change the way you talk. And it would change the way you speak. Let me say that again. If you got filled with what's on the inside of this bottle, it would change the way you walk. It would change the way you talk. And it would change the way that you speak. These are my three points. It changes the way you walk. It changes the way you talk. And it changes the way you act, your behavior, okay? Parenthetically, I want you to write for point number one, it changes the way you walk, character, okay? If you were to get filled uh, uh, with what's on the inside of this bottle, uh, it would change the way you walk. Right? It, it, this is why we have field sobriety tests. If somebody is drinking and driving uh, and they're trying to say, no, uh, no, officer, I'm not. The speech has already given it away. But they're like, hey, we, we have a way to, to, to kind of remedy this very, very quickly uh, uh, without even giving you a breathalyzer te test. Let's just see the way you walk. Because if you are under the influence, if you are occupied by this spirit, that one, it will change the way you walk. So you get out of the car, they say, walk in a straight line. And you're like, I can do it. <laughs> Promise you I can do it. I can do it. I told you I can do it. Change the way you walk. It changes your character. Here's what, here's what Paul, here's what Paul, here's what Paul said. Paul said, don't get drunk like that. Don't with the Holy Spirit. Because he can do the same thing the bottle can. Except he does the complete opposite of it. You won't walk crooked. You'll actually walk straight. If you get filled with the Spirit of God, you will literally walk straight. It will line up your character. You'll be a different person in the way that you walk if you let my friend move in with you. <laughs> I know you've been trying to walk on your own and it gets kind of sideways and you can't stay on the line. We all missed the mark, I understand that. But if you live your life spirit-filled and spirit-led, you will literally be walking in a straight line. And when you get off, the Holy Spirit will be like, I, mm -mm, you're off the line. You won't have to wait for Sunday to tell you. You won't have to wait for a devotion to tell you. You don't have to be scared of a prophetic word, hoping nobody busts you out. <laughs> hey, we have a prophet this weekend. Oh, God, no. <laughs> hey, we have a prophet in the house this weekend. <laughs> don't let him see it, Jesus. Don't let him see it, Jesus. Don't let him see it, Jesus. Can I, can I clear something up about prophecy? 1 Corinthians chapter 14 talks about it. Prophecy is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. That's what a prophetic word comes for. 
if it doesn't sound edifying, if it doesn't exhort you, and if it doesn't comfort, it's not a prophetic word. It's just mean. It's a mean psychic. What, what, is the, what is the prophetic gift perverted? A psychic. Okay. So, point one, it changes the way you walk. It's character. Point number two, write this down. It changes the way you talk. It changes your conversation. Now, let me explain this because, uh, again, I grew up Pentecostal charismatic my whole life. I love uh, the spirit-filled movement. I love Pentecostal churches. I love charismatic churches. Uh, but when you talk about it changes the way you talk, the first, people, the first thing people think about is tongues. If you don't speak in tongues, you're not spirit-filled. I've seen a lot of people speak in tongues, and I question if they're spirit-filled. So, so I'm not talking, when I talk about conversation, I'm not talking about a prayer language. I think everybody can have the ability to pray in a heavenly language. I'm not talking about the gift of tongues, which would be a different known language on earth. I'm talking about a heavenly language where the Holy Spirit prays for you. That's in the book of Romans around chapter number eight, and we can deal with that at a different time. When I talk about conversation, I'm literally talking about your conversation. The stuff you talk about changes if you get filled. Okay, if you get filled with this, your conversation changes too. And sometimes it sounds like tongues. You ever seen somebody? Get completely filled with a spirit like that? Hey! You remember when we gave that out there? You, 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 you remember when that was coming through? And they did it. Yo, I'm marrying him. You didn't even know. You remember. Okay? Your drunk uncle's in the living room speaking in tongues. And only your aunt knows the interpretation. <laughs> he's talking about what happened in 65, girl. Don't even mind him. He's just. <laughs> only, only the auntie has the interpretation because he's filled all the time. Okay? Well, we're not talking about being filled like that. I'm talking about being filled with the spirit to where uh, before it comes out of your mouth, he gets to govern what it is. He's the quality assurance check on what comes out of your mouth. Ooh, I feel this. The Holy Spirit comes on the inside, and the way you talk to your spouse instantly changes. Spirit-filled, you'll be, oh, I'm going to tell her. I'm going to tell her. Oh, she's going to hear it today. And the Holy Spirit's like, you, you won't say that to my daughter. And you're like, oh, man. I forgot you lived here with me. But she thinks, she, 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 she's going to think she wins. I can't let her win. And he's like, why are you thinking about winning? You have pride. <laughs> here is what you will say, and here is how you will say it. He changes the way you speak to people. He changes what you talk about. The kind of stuff you used to talk about before you were filled with the Spirit, I promise you, you will not talk about when you are Spirit-filled. And we'll talk about this uh, after I get done with the third point. But if you are a believer and you've already been spirit filled, you need a refill. Yes. Yeah. Often. Right. I didn't have this in my notes, but I can show you in Scripture that Acts chapter number two is when the Holy Spirit fell. By Acts chapter number four, they were asking for refills. Yeah. 
I don't know if it was three days or seven days or 14 days, but they couldn't go a couple of weeks without needing a refill of the Holy Spirit to go back out and declare Jesus Christ with boldness. So this is not a one and done thing. You get filled with the Spirit, you need to be refilled with the Spirit, you need to ask for a daily portion of the Holy Spirit to come on the inside of you to make it through a day. That needs to happen early, it needs to happen often, okay? So, ooh, I feel this, this is so good. Okay, so he changes the way you talk, okay? Point number three, write this down. He, he changes the way you act, changes your conduct, okay? This is a big point. The whole, the whole New Testament uh, uh, after Jesus' uh, death, burial, resurrection, and ascension uh, spreads like wildfire because of this third one. He changes the way you act. Uh, anybody that's ever been filled with this, uh, there is in some drinking circles what uh, is referred to as liquid courage. This is referred to as liquid courage. Person is mild, docile, okay, very, very... Uh, very, very kind of standoffish, but if they get too much in them, they get like real, they just get real gangster. <laughs> and, 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 and they're bolder than they've ever been before. Like they're usually not like that, but it, like, like a person who's like 5'2 would like walk up to Shaquille O'Neal and be like, what? I dare you say something else. I will kill you, man. And you're like, hey, man, Shaq will step on you. You need to, man, come back. No, nah, man, he don't know me. Y'all don't know me. I will kill everybody in here. And you're just sitting there like, why? Why did their conduct change? They got filled. And it changed the way they act. It changed their conduct. Let's talk about how that looked in the New Testament. You do know that these 12 men that were supposed to upset the whole world, Jesus died. They were locked in the house. Like they weren't going to come out. That's how I know they weren't spirit filled. Jesus died. They were like, and we're done. <laughs> Stayed in the house a couple of weeks. Peter said, you know what? I'm going back fishing. I'm going back to my previous job before I got into this relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm going back to my old lifestyle. If you don't let them move in, it gets real easy to go back to your old lifestyle. It's, it's harder to move out of relationship with somebody when they live in there with you. You don't live together, you're single, and uh, the person just decides, you know what, I broke up with you. They didn't tell you. They just decided, hey, I broke up with you. You'll figure it out. <laughs> they don't answer the phone, stop taking calls. You catch them one day, some person random like Chick-fil-A. <laughs> you're like, how can you ever return my calls? I thought we'd go together. Nope, I broke up with you three weeks ago. <laughs> Were you going to tell me? Waffle fries. <laughs> Chick-fil-A had the same character. Um, it's hard to do that when the person lives there. Because you're just trying to pack. They're like, where are you going? 
believe it. Really? With who? I don't know. The Holy Spirit, when he moves in, it makes it a little more difficult to walk away from your relationship with Jesus because he's living there with you. And every time the enemy tries to lure you with a temptation or a thought, the Holy Spirit's like, you don't have to believe that. You know that's a lie. I can answer the door if you want me to. You don't have to answer the door to your past. Let me answer the door. I'm your future. He does it. He changes your conduct. The disciples who were cowards uh, at, at the end of the Gospels become these incredibly bold people almost overnight. If you read the narrative in Acts chapter number four, they actually talk to the people that put the hit that caused Jesus' death, Ananias and Caiaphas, who were the high priests. And they were looking at him like, are these the people that were with Jesus? Peter was like, yep, you killed him. Show did. And they were like, you have to stop talking about Jesus. Won't do it. It's like, was this the same dude that was denying him a little while ago? What happened to him? I'll tell you what happened. He got filled. Not with the vodka. I pointed to the vodka like, I'll tell you what happened. <laughs> it's my example. He got spirit filled. And when he got spirit filled, it changed his conduct. It changed the way that he responded to the issues that were going on in his life. Now, let me read you uh, what conduct looks like, and then we're going to pray for some people to get filled with the Spirit, okay? Galatians chapter number 22. Galatians chapter number 22. I'm, I'm sorry, chapter number 5. There's no 22nd chapter of Galatians. I know some of you all were like, you have a Bible we don't know about. <laughs> Is that canonized scripture? Or? Okay, so Galatians 5. Forgive me. Galatians chapter number 5. I want to read you the 22nd and the 23rd verse. Here's, here's how I know that people are spirit-filled. Again, next week we're, we're going to talk about his gifts, okay? We'll talk about the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, the extended gifts, the administrative gifts, all that kind of stuff. That'll be fun because every single one of us has a gift from the Holy Spirit that he wants to give us. Right, right now we're just talking about being infilled and baptized in the Holy Spirit. Here, here's how I know people have the Holy Spirit. Um, a lot of people, again, their first, their, their first thing to do is to look for a prayer language. If you talk, if you speak in tongues, then I'll know that you have the gift of the Holy Spirit. Here, here's my litmus test based on Galatians chapter number 5, 22 and 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Tongues. Tears. Running around. Jumping up and down. Loud expression, backflips. Is that no? Is that a, I have a different Bible, or did I just see that a lot? But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives: love, joy. If He stopped at love, that'd have been enough. He laid it on thick. Love, joy. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Let's say it again. If you were to get filled with the Spirit, you should be loving, joyful, peaceful. 
patient, kind, good, faithful, gentle, and have some self-control. That's what it looks like to be spirit-filled. Who wouldn't want a person like that to move in? I love living in my home with my wife and my kids because it, anytime we have guests over, they always inevitably say, it's so peaceful here because we don't do drama. We just don't like it. We don't like drama. And, and, and they, they walked into our natural house that we occupy and could, and it could feel that. Can you imagine if this guy moves in? He brings it with him, which means he doesn't expect you to have it when he moves in. He literally comes into the house. He's like, hey, man, thanks for letting me in. I appreciate it. Let me hang up this love right here. Oh, you know what? Some gentleness would go good on your back wall. I'm going to put that right there. Can I go into your bathroom? Okay, great bathroom. I'm going to put some patience in here. Man, I have to let so many jokes fly by right now. <laughs> I did stand-up for two years, and I promise you, there are like four of them. Just be nice, Tim. Um, and uh, can I go into that, that one lock closet of your past that you don't want? You don't want anybody, because I'm, I'm moving in, so I, just, I, need it, I need access to all the rooms, all of them. Don't let me in and just let me in the front room. I need to get up in that attic. I need to get in that basement. I need to get in that back room, the storage room, where you just pile all your stuff because you don't want to deal with it. I need to get back there. Okay, don't worry about it. I'm not judging you. I know how to declutter. I'm good at it. Okay? I taught Jip and jo Chip and Joanna everything they know. <laughs> Shiplap. I created it. <laughs> Booyah. So um, just let me in. Let me go in there. Okay, great. Okay, I'm going to put some, some self-control back here. And then uh, you're kind of a pack rat. I see you have a lot of stuff piled up. We're going to move that out. Okay, I'm going to put some goodness over here. That would be good. Okay? And I'm going to put some, uh, yeah, it's gonna, uh, this place is going to look really, really nice. That, that's how it is when he moves in. And if you let him in, no matter where you are right now, maybe you've never heard a teaching like this. You've been apprehensive. Oh, I don't know. I've actually, I, I did a teaching on this when I was a young adult pastor, and I actually had a, a, a lady come up to me and say, hey, uh, like, I'm cool with the Holy Spirit, but I'm not cool with this whole speaking in tongues thing. Because, like, I don't, you know, I, I don't like the fact that I don't know what I'm saying. I was like, that's okay. Just let him move in. Like, he's not going to kick the door down and grab your tongue and start doing like this. <laughs> what are we talking about? D do you see how much, like, weird stuff is out there? People won't embrace the person because they're thinking about this one thing. And churches have argued about it and split over it, and it's just ridiculous. Let's just get the guy in. And then as you become comfortable with him, he'll start saying, hey, can, I, can we do this? Can we do that? Can we go over here? Can we try this out? It's fantastic. So, so <laughs> keep pointing to this thing. Get filled. No. Um, <laughs> I want you to be filled with the Spirit. I introduced you to my friend last week, and I'm asking you today if you want him to move in. Because if he moves in, he'll completely change your life. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?
Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you would like to know more about Embassy City Church, please visit us at embassycity.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Embassy Irving.